Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 322 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live and everything that comes with the number 322. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. Willie coming at us from Easton, PA. To my right, the wrestling nomad, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. To my left, Stephen Kyle Bradkey. And I'm Christian Piles for the second time. And you know what? We're a wrestling show. Second, and a conspiracy theory show first. And we've always said that. And so we go, and we're like, okay, episode 322. What does that number mean? What area code is it? So we look, and it's not an area code used in Mex- or in America. It's just in Mexico. And that's kind of weird. And then Willie does a little bit of digging, gets us on the rabbit hole. It's because of the Illuminati, the Skull and Bones. Their number is 322, and... For that reason, for that's the only reason I can come up with is why there's no area code, so we can't talk about wrestling. The Illuminati is not letting us talk about wrestling right now. They want to make it about themselves, trying to hide in plain sight. And that got me and Kyle and Nomad. Nomad, unsurprisingly... Subject matter expert. ...is a subject matter expert on all things conspiracy theories. And he got us going. First, it started with the number 322, right? Okay, because that's the thing. Then we start looking. Tim Russer, are you familiar with him, Willie? He took, he took George W. Bush and John Kerry to task over this, over their involvement with his secret society. And they didn't even deny it, or the number 322. And then Tim Russert passed away soon after, tragically. Hmm. Hmm. So then Nomad's got us on another thing. What, talk about the other thing you got us on. What, M- MK Ultra? Yeah, MK Ultra. I hadn't even heard of this. So MK Ultra, I forget if it's FBI or CIA, but anyway, government <laughs> developed. <laughs> goes uh, all the way to the top. Yeah, government what? developed mind control, and the, a lot of this revolves around the entertainment industry, you know, Hollywood and, and the music industry. And so I got them on the MK Ultra glitches mm. uh, YouTube video, in which people 
look like they kirk out for no specific reason mm-hmm. um, other than it's like when you're under mk ultra you're in mind control you have certain beliefs and you're supposed to act a certain way and they basically glitch and like need to be reset like a robot including uh zuckerberg saying i was human i am human not i mean i still am human very strange yeah dude willie there's a lot of weird stuff out there man it started as a joke us talking about it and then i do a little bit of digging a little bit of youtube research this goes straight to the top sailor The, the, the number 321 is a county in Florida, and right off the coast of that county is an island owned by the uh, Skull of Bones. Group. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So there's a, and there's a 321. There's, a, there's an area code 321. There's an area code 323. No 322. Oh, my gosh. This is freaking me out, to be frank. Okay. I've never been as woke. No. Never has, and there's gonna be more. You know, maybe we'll, we'll drop a, a woke nugget per show, just so you guys are aware. Because we owe it, we owe it to the wrestling nation to keep you guys safe, to make sure you're aware of the threats around you, both seen and unseen. Do your googles on the Bilderberg Society. Yeah, this Yale, Yale's got this whole thing started. All these ivies. Yep. Skull and bones. It's not good. But anyways, we'll move on to other hijinks. I guess we should we should probably talk about the we we mentioned the McGregor Khabib fight <clears throat> on a previous show and then it happened and it was crazy and without getting we're not MMA experts none of us um, claim to be but it was interesting to see mainstream sports fans get a little taste of that Russian magic like yeah. it's like this is like a shocking scene that that a wrestler or a competitor would leave the cage and go attack like. This is like this is like literally Russian cadet trials. Like <laughs> actually, it's tamer because there's no AKs. There's no guns pulled. No Where guns are the pulled. guns? This, so this is like, you know, and that's why Khabib, like at the press conference, he's like, "Why are you guys talking about this? Why is this?" A, like he doesn't even hardly understand that this is like a huge, huge deal in sport that you just win a fight, <coughs> jump the cage. But this is just like standard operating procedure in yeah. in Russia, Dagestan. So. Um, yeah, you want to call it different culture? Okay, different culture, sure. But like, I call it just a little, maybe a little less civilized. To you know, to Connor, what he was doing was he was selling a fight. He was promoting the yeah. fight to Khabib. That is like the biggest, the biggest yeah. insults ever that you can have against somebody. And when they insult you, you fight them in Dagestan. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he did fight him. I know. And he, he punched him in the face yeah. around a hundred times. Then he strangled him till he tapped. Like Khabib. You won, buddy, but that's not enough. It wasn't no. enough for him. And, uh, yeah, so that was definitely <laughs> insane. I mean, the whole fight was pretty crazy. Khabib clearly better. I don't know why Conor McGregor would even entertain a rematch, but he's already talking about it. There's no world where I think he could win that fight. But It's, it's, it's incredible that Conor is so terrible at wrestling. <laughs> no, it's not incredible. I, actually, he, he did pretty good initially. He he's a boxer, and he 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 stopped a takedown from a really good wrestler. Um, really good. I I don't know. He's terrible at wrestling. He can't stop takedowns hardly at all. And he knew that he was going in there with Khabib. I mean, it's one thing. <clears throat> it's one thing to you know if if McGregor fights somebody that's a a stand up guy, and 
he gets taken down. Okay, well, he might not have been prepared for it. He had months to train for a guy that he knew was going to try to take him down. And he's still, I don't know. You Willie, Willie, why, Gregor's... Don't you train, why don't you train for a few months to stop uh, James Green's takedown? <laughs> just specifically for James Green. Let's just see. Uh... Connor's a terrible wrestler, Christian. I don't I mean, there's no way around that. And he, and he didn't look like, I mean, he didn't look like he trained a bit. In McGregor's Eric. defense, I don't know of anyone that's fought Khabib that has stopped his takedowns. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm saying Connor's always been bad at stopping takedowns, and it didn't look like he trained much differently. Yeah, I'll disagree, but that's uh, fine. I mean, he, he, he's bad. And, well, I mean, to your point, right, why would he fight him again? I have no idea. He will never be going to go different. You can't. You can't. He was almost equal in the stand-up, and he was vastly superior in in the wrestling game. So what's going to change? Yeah, I have no idea. I just think it's bullcrap that they're withholding his purse, and they didn't give him the belt. Yeah. I think all the wrestling people were like, "LOL, Dagestan." And the mainstream people were like, strip his belt. He is a heathen. He is well, awful. And then the, and then more rational people were like, well, Connor kind of threw a dolly. And, like, Connor's dirty. And the fight game is dirty. Oh, for sure. Like, this isn't new. Bo- this, this isn't new in boxing. This isn't new in MMA. And, frankly, it's not new in wrestling. The fight game's dirty, okay? This is what happens when you deal with people from that area of the world. That's just how they operate. Yeah, and yeah. it's going to keep happening because I bet more Dagestanis and Eastern Europeans go into combat sports, and they're going to be awesome, and they're going to be affiliated with some shady characters, well, just I, like the Fertitas. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate, um, you know, an organization that's maybe trying to hold people to a slightly higher standard. <clears throat> Russians do whatever they want, essentially, in wrestling, right? There's no repercussions when there's guns pulled, as far as I can tell. Um, so I can appreciate that, but... Yeah, I mean, as far as on the in the competitive realm, he choked that guy out, give him the belt, um, and I guess give him his purse too. But who knows? That's how it goes sometimes. Who's number one happened? It was great. A uh, few guys that were super impressed. But I want before we start, uh, like getting into the minutia of the matches. I want to talk about something that I mean, it was actually a question we were asked, but something I was thinking about. The who's number one rule set, you know, Julian Ramirez, Carson Karchla, uh, wrestled freestyle match, put up some points, and um, thinking about some of the matches we saw where, frankly, there was not a lot of action. And maybe you can blame folk style, maybe you can blame tactics, but, um, man, is it time to move this event to strictly freestyle? Think about it. Uh, I don't know. Some of the kids were tight. I mean, it was one nothing. No, you know, obviously no takedowns with Barnett and and Kerr. It was um, uh, same situation with uh, Decatur and Figs. I don't know what exactly the problem is. I don't think uh, historically in the past we've had problems with tight matches. Um, True. I, I I don't know. I really don't know. Um, is freestyle just inherently more um entertaining now yeah it could be i mean that could be part of it um it's definitely a great style i i i don't know i was just a little like man there's another way all these kids are wrestling freestyle basically although we asked them at the thing and quite a few of them were like no i prefer folk style and i actually liked i don't i forget if it was o'toole or barnett like 
you really have to earn your points in folk style, and I think there is something to be said for that. There's no like cheap twos or anything like that. And I think it was a tool. A tool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I kind of like that take. You can tell Askren's influence is um, very present with that one. So yeah, I, I don't know. Something to consider because there were definitely a few matches where I was like, man, this is tough. And like with freestyle, there's a lot of things that are keeping uh, the the wrestlers accountable and. You know, you got the passivity warnings. You have a lot of ways it forced action and the edge, right? So I, I don't know. I was, I was definitely thinking like, man, maybe it's time to consider this freestyle is awesome. And um, I don't know. I don't know what you think about that, Nomad. I mean, if there was a step out in the Alirs Lachow match, Alirs would protect him. Yeah, that was know? that was one of the more that that was a a match where like in terms of like how the the flow went, it was like, man, Alirs is so much better, and he's only up by one point because. No passivities, really, and Lachow was doing enough to stay in the center, and uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think it would have been, it'd been, yeah. Well, for sure, Alira's Texan in, in freestyle. I think he, I would almost guarantee that, right? Um, so yeah, I would like to maybe we consider it. Maybe we think about it moving forward, switching up the style. We think KB. I like it. The mat, like the way it's. Uh with the big white outline there, mm-hmm. it kind of puts you in that like freestyle mind yeah. mm-hmm. already. And uh, it's almost, it was a couple times it was like, oh yeah, they're doing the coin flip for top bottom, you know? So, uh, no, I like it. I think uh, kids are transitioning now more to favor freestyle than in the past. And uh, I think it could definitely lead to more points and exciting moments. And, and of course, you know, like, you know, you mentioned this beginning, like tactics play in, right? Like, I mean, Richie Figs was way underweight of what Jacob Decatur was, right? So maybe he didn't want to engage as much because he was giving up so much weight, right? Barnett knows that Kurt McHenry basically wins matches on his feet. So if you can play defense and, and keep yourself from getting taken down and win the Mac game, which, you know, Kurt didn't take bottom, you can win. So, again, you know, it's it's easy for us, right, to, to kind of critique the matches. And, and obviously we, we want the matches to be great. They, you know, they were all great last year, but – Kids are trying to win, uh, you know, number one spot, so they're going to wrestle a certain way. But, but yeah, I, I do think the the freestyle rule set uh, encourages action more. Did we have one? How many folk style turns did we have in this? Folk style turns. Yeah. Well, what? How do you count uh, Avis O'Toole, the cradle? That would be a folk style turn. Well, that's and what then Winston got back points. Yeah, that's right. But oh, none of them were it? like. Yeah, at the end there. Oh yeah, at the end. None of them are like were like no, turns like from a, top. Yeah, like right. a tilt like, or a bar. Yeah. It was kind of scrambles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was. You, you mentioned the guys choosing neutral. I, I, you guys obviously didn't listen to the broadcast of it because you were there watching. But <laughs> I was dumbfounded when Decatur went neutral in the third because Figueroa is. I mean, he's fine on top, but. Decatur had gotten away previously. I just didn't. You have two minutes to get one point. I mean, the odds of him holding you down, unless you really thought he was going to turn it, were crazy to me. And then his inactivity on his feet. I Especially was... with, you know, <clears throat> I, I tweeted, I don't know, six months ago about, uh, or nine months ago, about um, what, why the auto bottom in college went. But in, in high school, there's no riding time. It doesn't matter if. Jacob Decatur gets an escape with 10 seconds left. Right. And, you know, at that point, you have to figure, you know, if you're hustling on bottom, the guy's going to get warned at some point on top. If you're getting up to your feet. So now you have, like, a potential stall situation. I, I, I was, I was uh, th- that, that confused me a lot. And, man, there's, 
not a lot of action in that match. And um, same with the the McHenry Barnett one. I did think that Kurt probably would and maybe even should go neutral there, but man, he could not get it going. And Kurt had such a, and that was one thing that I think you know if if Kurt re wrestles that match, I wonder if he does this a little differently. He came out so unbelievably passive, hand on the mat. Hanging out there. Oh, the first minute, yeah. If you th- if you know, and you're, Kurt McHenry probably knew, if this is 1-0 or scoreless and I have choice, I'm going neutral. If you know you're going to go neutral, you, you think you would want to not make it have to come down to that second or third period, that you would want to come out aggressively and get a, get a takedown or something going. But he, he, that was the most reserved I'd ever seen Kurt <clears throat> wrestle on his feet. Well, looked- coming into the match, um, I thought that Kurt, and I think I said this, in the preview, I, I thought that Kurt would win this match if he could score from front head. Um, and here's the thing: Barnett didn't shoot to get hit, to get in front head. No, um, there wasn't too many occasions that, that Kurt was there. Well, and it's clear. I thought it was clear. Barnett watched the tape of how Master Giovanni beat Kurt in the national prep finals because Kurt went neutral there too, and. You know, the first when when he wrestled match for the first time at, at Beast of the East, he took him down late. Couldn't take him down uh, at at uh, national preps. So, yeah, the, the, I mean, I don't know. We got we got a question about it, but like the, there is a certain book on on Kurt right now, and it involves making him go neutral, not making him feel confident in his in his mat game, and keeping him from scoring. Yeah, which like is yeah. obvious. Like, okay, keep him on. Keeps him from getting a takedown. You're going to be able to beat him. But, like, know, that's literally but, how Kurt but, wins. But Mastro, one, Mastro took him down in the second match. And two. Well, in overtime. Uh, right. Uh, and two, um, if you. Kurt has to score, right? Isn't it a little concerning that he can't. He couldn't score on him? Yeah. And he wasn't and, close. And here's the thing. He he's, he's so. The size was a thing. I mean, you could see it in the match. You could see them wrestling each other. It's just, it's two different weights. And that's not Barnett's fault. It's not Kurt's fault, really. But it's it's a reality of wrestling. Um, giving up that size hurts. You know, he's a 13. Probably, really, in reality, he's a six-pounder. And he's going up, trying to get the competition. Uh, but, man, it, it makes it it makes it tough. And uh, it yeah, was I, tough I, to I watch. Asked, I asked him if he wanted to wrestle 13. And he said, no, he wanted to wrestle 20. Yeah. Which I, I can certainly respect. So a few of my favorite guys, guys who are eye-opening to me, uh, JoJo Aragona maybe gets the MVP award. Do- he dominated both matches. Mm-hmm. That O'Toole match was not close. It, he, it was all him. He attacked the entire time. I can't recall O'Toole even getting to a leg. Um, Aragona, in, in year over year, the improvement that guy has shown, I, I was – I was thoroughly impressed. I think he's a great prospect. Uh, D1. I I was I couldn't believe how badly he beat both those guys because I think a lot of both of them. And then you know O'Toole smashing Abbas kind of seems weird, but Abbas is kind of a he makes mistakes in his wrestling and can be a little reckless. So, but even still 8-0. So, but JoJo leaves unquestionably the number one guy in the country defending it, running the gauntlet. Winning both those matches, so he really impressed me. I think Andrew Alirez was the best guy in the building. Um, I think he's he's one of the best guys in high school wrestling. Period. And I'll mention this: obviously, Facundo is clearly <laughs> the truth, and is just 
going to be the runaway number one prospect for that class, I have to imagine. And his one thing with Facundo is like his athleticism, I think, is a little underrated. I think he is such a skilled tactician that like you don't always see like with his elbow control stuff, which we didn't even see uh, Sunday night. But he's great there. There's so many ways he can score. And then his little um, ole defense against Balmaceda. I mean, Cuban leg defense was incredible. He wasn't really in that match. He got away from Balmaceda, who is not easy to get away from. I and mean, Balmaceda is maybe one of the best top wrestlers in the country right now. Got away from him. He's just a sophomore. Uh, I can't imagine what he's going to be, but he's certainly ahead of his time, and I can't wait to see what he becomes. And that was in folk style. You look at the tape of him from Cadet Worlds when he's in that quad pod position and he's hitting guys for four instead of just trying to get the takedown. Mm-hmm. Like that, just things like that that speak to a the high levelness of him that he can you know go side arch in those situations and just the intelligence of well four is greater than two here, right? And not only is it greater than two here, it's greater in terms of criteria down the line, right? Trying to game plan the match. So uh, yeah, I mean. Willie and I have talked about him ad nauseum. And he's super he's, tough, too. Yeah. You know, Balmaceda tried to muddy that up, make it a little I – and mean, he was hitting him hard, some hard clubs. Mm-hmm. And uh, Facundo unfazed and just st- stayed the course. And then I think this is hilarious. So Karchla is, like, the hottest name in, in for this senior class. Everyone wants this guy. And watching Twitter – and all like the Explain. athletes attached to certain programs and coaches quote tweeting all this stuff. It's like, man, they want Karchla so bad. He is just like um, Minnesota, NC State, Ohio State, Oklahoma State were all had like wrestlers tweeting about him or retweeting stuff. It was it was funny to watch. I can't believe NC State didn't get Darren Caldwell involved. I was literally <laughs> waiting for for him and Quentin Godley to join it as well because it was like everyone associated with the program is like, wow. Logan Stever. Yeah, Logan. They're they're all over him. Everyone I, wants this kid. I'll tell you what. Him and um, him and Devin Winston, uh, were were so impressive off the mat to me. They're mature and and articulate and just just good guys, man. I think I think both those guys are gonna work out. Yeah, I mean, I think Karchla. There's no way, barring an injury plagued career, I don't see how. He's not at least very good, all-American contender right out the gate. Maybe, very high floor. I, I, yeah, exactly. I don't know if he'll ever be an NCAA champion. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's his pedigree, but like, he, like you can see that with Facundo, that guy's gonna win NCAA titles. I don't know about that for Karchler. I think it's he could, but I think man, you can plug that guy in for four years, and you're gonna have someone really, really good that's gonna do it the right way, wrestles really hard, and and. The, the other thing, you say high floor, and I'm kind of like, meh, how high is the ceiling? But the way he's emerged in the last year, is he just like sort of coming into his own a little bit? And maybe we have another year or two where he's making major jumps. Well, this is a this is a group. I mean, you look at O'Toole, and, and, and Willie talked about this a lot, but you, you look at the, the guys who are doing really well right now from the class of 2019, they are peaking at the right time, right? Like, you look at their freshman and sophomore results, you go, eh, okay, whatever. But, like, that doesn't matter, right? That doesn't matter anymore. Aragona hasn't won a state title. Right. Right. That's crazy to me, also. I was really surprised to learn that. Um, Carchley, you know, I, I mean, just to repeat again, I, I don't know if we've said it on the show, but he, he didn't compete until, like, high school. Yeah. You know, his dad, his dad had him 
trained, trained, trained all through his, his whole life, but he didn't compete till high school. So um, he's been less on the map, you know, than a lot of guys. Yeah, for sure. It was also nice to see Greg D get get a win. Um, obviously, Jacason kind of, again, one of those surprise uh, number ones. Uh, you know, after being the Cadet Greco team, winning Fargo, but Greg D has has had some some losses at, at, at really high levels, uh, and that's why he's kind of been at the three through five instead of that one through two range. So good to see him get a win, and uh, just really impressed with with him. But I think Burks is going to be a, a really interesting prospect from the twenty twenty class next year. Christian, what was your thoughts on Jordan Decatur and uh, Josh Saunders? Um, I thought, I don't know. I Saunders didn't really get a whiff. I thought it was a good um, demonstration of Decatur's good having good positioning. I think his go-behinds are really, really nice. He can go really fast to his right and left, which I think really bodes well for him at the next level if you can get those kind of – call them cheap points, but they're a lot more simple. They're not going through someone's head hands and trying to finish. Um, I thought the match, we were kind of deprived of, like, how good the match could have been because Saunders had his hand on the mat, kept his hips back, wasn't really engaging. And so as a result, we can get many high-level flurries that I think they're both capable of. Um, and, you know, that's a tactic that Saunders probably was wise to employ. He, he lost by two, and maybe he could have um, stuck something out at the end, but – um, yeah, now that you mention it, I think maybe the problems, the problems that we saw, I think maybe kids watch too much film <laughs> because yeah. I'm seriously, because they were concerned more about what the other guy was doing than what, what they were, weren't doing. Um, cause Saunders, what he, what his game has become, he's getting, gotten really good at c- close short ties and, finding an angle to a leg and he's gotten really good at it we didn't see that once mostly because like you said he was waiting for that distance shot from decatur yeah i mean his his knee pull is really really nice he's solid there but you know i don't even know if he had a lock on it even on one occasion so uh you know i think a lot of both of them i really like saunders a lot but that's uh yeah i, I want to make a quick point about the you know, because Christian said Lirez is maybe the best guy in the building. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but he cut nothing for this, by the way. Like, he could have weighed in with his gear on and been underweight, right? That going up in weight really helped him because last year at Akron, he wrestled Jordan Decatur and lost 12-2. That was at 58 kilos, which is 127-128. So that allowing himself to get big and not worrying about cutting weight and just worrying about his, Wait, his what do you mean last year? Like, literally April? 2017. 2017. Okay, so that's like a year. So I'm saying he put on a, that's a year and a half. He put now. on 20 some odd pounds. Yeah, right. From not having to cut weight and was just able to focus on his technique and that single leg, and it's like, oh, this is this kid's ceiling now. Yeah, I don't know if it's just emerging. I don't know if it's a cutting weight thing, but yeah, what he was able to do, he beat King Gefeller, beat Nick Lee, Yaya Thomas, all this spring and summer. Um, I think, I think he's. Yeah, for that reason, I think he's the best guy in the building. All right, who's number one? Um, we got some who's number one specific questions we get to. Any other things, any other takeaways? Uh, it's just nice again to have a, a women's match. Hopefully we get another one there next year. And, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, kind of curious to see what the, what the listeners thought about who's number one, what their questions are. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, let's get to questions from our friends. Already? We we already uh, so there's a couple um, people have have taken my my words to heart and have created. We said the the medium for now to submit questions is Twitter, and that's it. And it's only because it's easier for me. That's why. Okay, I need you to get. I need you to deal it. It's a great way to just simply compile them, screenshot them, throw them in there. So this guy is literally the FRL Inquisitor. Now we already answered his question side by side. Do you find free more entertaining than Folk Sunday? And I'll say yes, I did. But I, I want to acknowledge that someone is literally just making a Twitter account to ask FRL questions. This is the template. That's good by him. Thank by you, me. thank you, FRL Inquisitor. And because there's also one called FRL Questioner too. Questioner. He hates Nomad. I think it literally says that in his bio. Which, <laughs> yeah. so, that's not nice. Yeah, that's not nice. So uh, that's not a good way to get your question asked. Delete your account. It's dude. actually my own burner account. For <laughs> <laughs> it's very meta. That's so meta. All right. In the event that Khabib can't participate in UFC anymore, do you guys think Ru- Khabib will try and wrestle for Russia? Interested on your guys' opinion on how Khabib would do in that lineup or would he make the game? So it's so interesting. I asked this because... Because not that I really find this question all that interesting, but it kind of speaks to the perception around Khabib that because he implements wrestling really well in his fighting, that he is somehow a world class wrestler just because he's from Russia. And like, and for all we know, he could be. But he has he ever competed that we know of? Is there like a single full deke result? Like I have no there's idea. Not how, a, there's not a full deke result. Right. So it's like it's all like. All right, he took down an Irish boxer, and he takes down everyone. He takes down everyone. He's like twenty-seven and zero or something crazy. But I have no idea how he would do. I so I default to I don't think he would be a top five guy for Russia at seventy or whatever weight he would be. Probably another question. So one of the questions was, who's a better wrestler, Khabib or Pico? I mean. Is that a real question? Yeah, pe- that, people think, listen, real? I'll tell you this. When GSP was double-legging everyone, taking people down, people would be like, how would it go with him and Burroughs wrestling? Yeah, are a you A lot of practice? wrestlers would ask me that. Like, so when people implement, use wrestling really well in their fighting, it kind of gets projected beyond maybe where it should. And now I'm not saying, like with Khabib and GSP, GSP probably could have been a, I mean, he's a world-class athlete. It's he probably could have been a world-class wrestler if that's what he dedicated his career yeah, to. Yeah, could have been. Same's probably you, true for Khabib. But. I bet you Khabib could have been, but the you're watching these, you're watching them take down guys, and sometimes dominantly, like Khabib consistently um, across many fighters, everybody he fights. But you're watching them take down non-wrestlers. Yeah, What's so they're more above inter- average, and everybody else is below average. I mean, th- there's no question. The Pico question's just amazing to me. What's more interesting to me is, so Khabib obviously from Dagestan, and if you follow a lot of the Dagestanis on Instagram, they were all, you know, rah-rah, go, go Khabib, Sedge Live, put out a video with like a whole bunch of people behind him. What I want to know is, was Khabib accepted, like, was he their friend, was he accepted before he switched to fighting? Because he obviously... Uh, I don't think started in fighting. Like he, there was obviously wrestling background there, or was it kind of like, haha, this dude he can't make the team. He's gonna go fight. Ah, that's cute. And now it's like, oh yeah, we we uh, we always loved him. He he was our boy. We knew he was gonna be an awesome fighter. That's what I want to know. And I don't know that I'll ever find that out. But that's kind of what what I find interesting. Like, did did they clown on him and he went to fighting because he wasn't good enough at wrestling, and now he's more 
has more money than them, or were they always like, nah, man, you 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 go fight, we'll hold down rest, and we'll we'll support you. That's yeah. I don't know. I don't know, buddy. So here's the FRL questioner. Do you want to hear his uh, bio, by the way? Yeah, read it. Things I love: PSU wrestling, always being right all the time, and hating Nomad's guts. Wow. He literally wow. hates your guts. Your very innards. He despises yeah. them. Your spleen. Your intestinal mm-hmm. tract. Small intestine. Large intestine. The whole whole kit. Your heart. Appendix. Do you still have your appendix? <clears throat> yes. My father does not, but I do. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. I was about to ask about your dad's appendix. Well, it could be a genetic <laughs> thing. It could circle, be a genetic thing. We need to circle back to Nomad's family at the end of the show. Okay. Okay? Just I'm, remind me. I, I think we could just go there right now. You want to go there right yeah, now? Yeah, okay. we're there. Let's do it. Nomad. Oh, my gosh. I know what you're about to say. Guys, remember when something happened in Nomad's car? Yeah. Let's tell the – oh, hold on. I'm not going to tell the story, but you need to know there was Grand Theft Auto. Nomad was in downtown Austin. He walked through an alley. It was a small mistake, and he was robbed slash sort of mugged by a bunch of vagrants. They took his keys. They took his hat. And they stole his car, and they found it. They did a soup kitchen with it in Houston, <laughs> and he didn't have a car for a really long time. It's called a soup kitchen. And so I'm at, so we're at who's number one, and his parents come up to who's number one, and um, we have a dinner the night before, and his mother, God bless her, is like, "Oh, how do you like being home, Willie?" And I'm like, "You know, it's good to be around family." He's like, "Yeah, uh, nomad because." His mother and father call him Nomad. Nomad, Nomad misses you, um, but I think he'll be okay down there. Do you think he'll be okay? And I said, Yeah, I think he'll be okay. And he, she says, You know, we never knew about his car until we listened to FRL. They he found out. They found out his son got Grand Theft Autoed on FRL. My mother's a worrier, and I did not want her to worry. There's nothing she could have done. So yeah. That's why I didn't do that. <laughs> you need to tell your mother when you're in distress. That's what she's there for. She loves you. Yeah, she does. Call your, call your mother. Call her right now. Uh, call her. My phone's over. Let's my phone's get her on right. the show. We, we also learned that he didn't tell him that he came down here to interview for the job. That's also correct. <laughs> he just flew what? down here. <laughs> he didn't tell him he was coming down here for the job interview. Oh, my gosh. Why does he not, Nomad? Nomad. Uh, in case... You don't trust interviews in Texas? <laughs> no, no. Extrapolation of, like, I'd rather tell concrete things than possible things. Yeah. Great. That's all. Gotcha. I love you, no man. All right. Talking so, okay. about extrapolation, do you want to talk about the Helen thing? No, I really don't. No? I don't think we should. I, uh, I want to, but. I want to, to. I don't think we should. I don't think it. I don't think it's good for us to do it. Is basically well, the maybe not good. For, I mean, I think it was a misunderstanding. I I don't even know if it's that. I don't even know if it's that. Um, yeah, I really don't want to. Um, I don't think we should. Over under eight medals we bring home from Budapest. Is this men's freestyle specific or the whole the whole thirty person? That's roster? what I would assume. Because it's under. Yeah. If it's men's freestyle specific, yeah, I eight is a whole, whole lot. Um, I hate this. We're not gonna get eight. So well, how many did we get last year? Seven, eight, six, <laughs> six. We had six. Mm-hmm. It's only eight weights though. Okay, we yeah. have all right, but 
Gilman Green. But they're all back. Every medal's back, p- yeah. plus Dakin Taylor. It's not audacious. It's No, it's not audacious. It's just... So much has to happen for a medal. It has to go right again. It's basically... no. There's slight room for error because I'll say this. I think we probably have nine strong metal threats. And then I don't, I don't know about, you know, Cologne now in for Nishan. And not, not that Nishan was necessarily a, I, I, you know, he wasn't probably a metal threat. He was kind of like a lightning in a bottle, maybe, good draw, things happen. How do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, in terms of, you know, when the dust is settled, we, we have Cologne. Um, do you feel like our metal chances are any greater or less at 61? Because I really don't. No. I, I, I thought... Pre-tournament, right? Like, Nashawn could go on a run, sure. But Cologne's always been the more steady guy. Um, I, I, I feel exactly the same. I feel similar. I do think there is that upside component with Nashawn in that he can generate offense in a way that many foreigners won't have seen. He can just do something really special. But his parterre holes, some of his defensive issues, as great as he is, I think it would have been a – it would – it would have been asking a lot for him to medal. But beyond that, I think we have nine really strong medal threats. I mean, Logan Steber is probably the next, like, lowest one, maybe in perception, and the guy's a freaking world champ with a win over Aliyev this year, right? Um, but, yeah, eight is, a, eight is a ton. Eight is a ton. It's not – I think it's going to be in that range, though. I really do. I think we'll be at the six, seven, eight range. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe in that range, maybe with a chance, maybe, maybe six, seven, eight guys wrestle for a medal. Um, it's just it's a, that's a lot, man. It's a lot to go right. Um, I, I mean, you know, you say that, and we had six last year, and we had Taylor and Dink. Yeah, I mean, but, we, I would be surprised if either of those guys didn't medal. I would genuinely be surprised if they didn't yeah. medal. That's true. I mean, Taylor. I mean, Taylor is. I'm not saying he's our biggest gold lock, because he's not. But he might be one of a. I just cannot see a scenario where he doesn't medal. I just don't. I don't see how it's possible. He's so much better than basically everyone else, but he has Daniel Chirati. and maybe. What's the seating situation there? Are any of those? None of them are seated. So theor- theoretically, so theoretically they could all lump together. David's the two. Pretty sure. But Karugliev is not, right? And Yazdani certainly is not. Yeah, Yazdani definitely isn't. So we could see Yazdani Taylor first round. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, the the point is not even could we see two of them hit early. The point is could three of them be bunched up on the same side. Yeah, I guess that would be the one. Because that would be the only possible scenario I could see. Yeah, he loses to Yazdani. Yazdani somehow loses to – but I don't see – he would have to lose to the Russian, I would say, because I don't see any way the – the Russian would be as Don Chirati. On a mm, positive note, I don't know. I've talked about how Taylor's had trouble with Tori Blanca Caralta, and again, I, I don't think Taylor would lose to Tori Blanca Caralta, but they're on opposite sides. Uh, Tori Blanca Caralta be the that's the Cuban uh, will be the four seed. David will be the two seed. So just nice not having to wrestle that guy again because he's clearly a pain to wrestle. So for yeah. what that's worth. Um. Do you think, Mr. Amazing, do you think the officiating was so good at who's number one because college out of bounds is easier to call or because big tournaments like Ironman and Super 32 have higher bad officials? Well, I'm not going to say they hire bad officials, uh, so I'll reject the premise. But 
we did have like literally one of the best officials in the world, Sammy Julian. So that helps. Two, I don't think there were that many super tough calls to make. I thought the Lears' cradle on the edge was close, but not two, um, mm-hmm. and kind of clearly so. So I don't think there were a lot of tough ones. And so does the high school or going to college out of bounds make things simpler? Yes, because we see it all the time. And you want to talk about Ironman. I don't know if it's bad officiating, but you think about the Karchler Rocky Jordan thing. The call, high school out of bounds rules are so crazy because – Man, the guys end up in the chairs, and you could be dragging your toes, but if they're in the coach's corner, there's a lot of weird ways to take down. I would say, yeah, my my first reaction was, no, it it doesn't. But, you know, when Super 32 went to college out-of-bounds rules, things got better. Yeah, it Um, it helps. I will say, uh, officiating an Ironman is atrocious. It's a reputation for atrocious, uh, for being atrocious. But the refs are also not helped out by – the small mass and maybe maybe perhaps more importantly the the small out of bounds the small skirt area yeah because you know at who's number one not only do you have who um college out of bounds but also the officials don't have to worry and blow with the whistle earlier because they're afraid the kid's gonna hit their head there's so much room right um Okay, so, no, I love college out of bounds. I wish, I know there's reasons that high school can't maybe go to it, but I love that, you know, a tournament, if you can, if you're Super 32, you can and you do. Uh, Flow Nationals, we can and we do. Who's number one? It's, it's, it's a great, it's a better overall product. Fewer restarts, uh, more action on the edge. I, I love everything about it. It's great. Marshall Brooks. Why do you have Chad Rett? This is weird. I answered this dude on Twitter last night because I didn't think well, that we would talk about this. Well, he, he's, The question's written, written bad. Yeah, he, re- he said, why do you have Chad Red ranked over Nick Lee? We don't. Just because of last year's placements? Or do you really believe Nick Lee will beat Chad Red? So Nick Lee is ahead of Chad Red because he had a much better year. He beat Chad Red. He beat Kevin Jack. Um, so, yeah. And he, outplaced, and he outplaced him at NCAA. I looked it up last night. He beat... Five guys that Chad Red lost to. Yeah. So also, our opinion on who we think would win the match has nothing to do with how we rank it, anyways. Now, I will say that I do personally believe. If you're going to ask, I do think Nick Lee is probably better than than Chad Red now. Um, but that's not that doesn't factor into ranking whatsoever. So there you go. Um. <laughs> John Renan still learning about rankings as well. Doesn't really understand how they work. It's weird. He's had, no, a, he's had a nationally Renan, ranked kid for 10 years. He has no idea how rankings work. It's pretty, John pretty tough scene. John Renan to mess with us and troll us. And that was no more apparent than this weekend. He, he tried a couple times, swung and missed. Yeah, it's, it's really it's, – well, all you can say is tough scene. Better wrestler, Pico or Khabib? Khabib, obviously, according to Willie. <clears throat> uh, no, just kidding. Um – with all the UFC controversy going on, what would you say are some of the biggest wrestling controversies that have happened? Obviously, Cole out is up there. Well, Kerry McCoy had his thing. 2016 Olympics. Um, choose your narrative there. Um, when the, they, 2017 U23 Iran letting a guy lace him, a Russian lace him, because Sammy Brooks lost to the oh, yeah. Israeli and would have to wrestle him next round. Yep, the self yeah, lost on purpose for the Israel dynamic. And also, um, oh, last year, 
the the Russian mm. against Korea was that was up mm. there when they didn't start the clock and they let it go and man that was really sad. Yeah, that was really bad. But you have to go all the way back to last year for that one. Um, what was the most impressive and or unexpected performance of at who's number one? This guy says hashtag new Facundo fan. Yeah, for for some of you guys, you're getting your, you know, co- college kind of drives the boat here. That's that's mo- most popular of, of any style. So you're kind of you the way it works. You tune in for the high level stuff, and so if you haven't seen Facundo yet, yeah, it's a revelation. And there are a lot of teams there, a lot of D1 coaches there, and believe me, they all have their eyes on on Facundo. I, I think the most unexpected. I didn't think Aragona would win that easily in both matches. I didn't think he was that much better than Gabe Tag and that much better than Keegan O'Toole. So that would be mine. Concur. Sweet. Yep. Um, we get this question every now and again, but we can ask it again because not everyone has listened to every episode. All 322. Hashtag Skull and Bones. What's a more impressive feat? Four-time AA or one-time national champ who never placed before he won the whole thing? Um, any... An example, would you rather have Zach Sanders' career or Mike Machiavelli? So this is interesting. The way I, I approach this, if I'm a coach, I want the four-time AA, right? Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, but I don't know what a uh, a competitor feels. Like, what would you prefer? I bet, I bet, even though every competitor would probably acknowledge a four-time AA is more elusive and tougher to do, they would rather have that national championship than a than a four-time AA. That's my. That's what I think yeah. they would probably say. The question's like two different. Like the most more impressive, I think, is four-time AA. Like the ability For, to right, yeah. do that over four years, stay healthy, everything. But if I were to choose, I would. I, was, I would take Machiavelli's career. Yeah. For me, this is like as a competitor, no-brainer. Give me the chip. Yeah. I I, I don't care if I'm zero and hundred going into the conference tournament my senior year. If I win those last ten matches, yep. and get that title. I don't care. I'm an NCAA champ. Forever. Or even more of a legend, too, because you were 100. Like, yeah, you're 100. Yeah, that would be something. I, I'd uh, I'd be curious how you got into the tournament at 100. Well, I you won, won my conference, conference tournament. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. You won your That's why I said going to the conference tournament, win the conference tournament, then win NCAAs. Wow. So you would be uh, – You'd be – let's say you won a, won a small – let's say you won EWL. Mm-hmm. So you were 2-100, and 100, unseated. So seven and hundred. So yeah. you were seven and one hundred NCAA champ. Now Mark Branch doesn't look so good. No, not at all. <laughs> really kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah, I mean, gr- I mean, you know, Jake asked a lot of questions. Uh, Jake Agnich is the guy who asked the question. He asked a lot of good questions. Big fan of wrestling, but for me personally, I would rather be a national champ, like anything. Same. Yeah. Easy. I'd rather be a four-time Derek, national champion. Derek Moore also had this same career. He also was a. Never placed, then mm-hmm. and then smoked then he, everybody. Then he teched Ryan Lang in the that finals. Okay, um, is a wrestler outside the top five at 149 that can win a title? Yes, number six Lugo can. Mm. I don't know about Oliver. I don't know about Thompson. Mm, yeah, maybe not many. I thought this weight was a little deeper. Maybe not. Regardless, yes, there is someone out the outside the top five that can win. Next question. Oh, this guy wants this guy asks every day for the Penn State versus Iowa All Star <laughs> matchup, please. I think we should do it. I think we should do it Thursday. What do you think, Willie? I think yeah, Thursday's good. We need to we need a little time to prep. But Sam, you have to ask. You have to ask on Thursday. Otherwise we just won't do it. So Sam Herring, Sam Wise underscore two thousand six. 
you need to you need to stay consistent because if you're if you don't ask for it, I don't know if you're gonna want it. And then uh, this guy is staying woke, Jake from State Farm. Do you think Khabib staged the whole after fight brawl because he's from Dagestan and was going to pee hot? That's that's the nomad level. Stay woke. I don't think that was involved. Um, I also don't think yeah. this helped him avoid the drug test. I think he's probably still testing <laughs> yeah. him. He doesn't look like a guy that would pee hot to me. He's not like a physical specimen. No, he's just kind of like a little rangy. Yeah, he doesn't look that strong. I, as I said, the last FRL or whenever that question was asked, like I don't watch MMA. I was supremely underwhelmed with Connor. It was hilarious. Like to he watch looked with so bad. I like maybe Khabib was just that great. Again, I don't watch MMA. But, like, I was, like, I was kind of, like, egging on the kids. Like, this is your hero? Like, this is the guy that all, like, all the best high school kids are like, McGregor, McGregor, McGregor. But this dude got his you-know-what kicked. But it's all about – they love uh, McGregor because they love his his personality, his sure. bravado. It's more um, more style over substance. But, but, I mean, to that point, but to that point, a lot of wrestlers, understandably, are like, you have to back up the crap that you talk, right? You have to walk the walk. And McGregor did not walk the walk on Saturday night. No. No, he got... It was hilarious to watch MMA with Nomad. He's just, like, discovering things. He's like, this guy, this guy's not good. Yeah. <laughs> he, I just I just thought Khabib made him look, like, just terrible. No, it was, it was not competitive at any point. After the first period, I was like, there's basically no chance he's going to win because he took him down so easily. Okay, we're out of questions. Anything else before we depart, friends? Well, we we get we certainly can talk about things. We haven't talked about NCAA previews at all. All right, let's go. Well, tee it up, brother. And I think we kind of talked about this on as we we're doing the tiers, and and maybe this is so. I, I kind of wrote about this in like the one forty one. Uh, it seems like this year is extremely top heavy. It seems like a lot of really good guys graduated from last year which I feel like we already knew, and that there's just – when you're making predictions, it's like, do I think certain guys can't place? Of course, they can absolutely place. But it's like, are you betting your life? Are you putting – you know, are you – obviously not betting my life. Like, are you putting your name on a prediction where somebody who has done nothing is going to place? Like, I don't know. It just seems this year that uh, NCAAs could either be very anticlimactic – or the upsets are just going to be nonstop and completely no, that's ridiculous. A, I, I think that's a problem every year. I think it's a problem in high school when you see guys graduate and you're left with these bunch of underclassmen. You're like, this is underwhelming. This The country isn't that great. And, and in college, when the guys graduate, you're left with this. And, and because there's a lot of data and because you can focus all, you know, it's not difficult to focus on 77 starters. Um, and you know the resumes, it's like you think that you know what you have. You think, okay, here's my group that I'm choosing from. Things change. Kids get better. Kids get worse. I, you know, you're going to think you have 8 to 12 AA contenders right now, and nobody else can, you know, I don't see – I don't see number 18 making the podium. I don't see number 15 making the podium. We see it every – it's going to be that way every year. every year. You know, I I read a – uh, Tariq Wilson last year, I mean, there was nothing to indicate that he was going to All-American up until the NCAAs. No. Right. 
mean, he got beat by Dennis Gustafson and somebody else. Dom Forey's. He had more and losses he, at ACC's than NCAA's. Yeah, I mean, out. Ronnie Perry makes no sense. Just go, incandescent. Didn't he? Did he lose at EWLs? He might have. I don't um, remember. Machiavello. I mean, all these guys. I, I think, man, I, I think NCAAs is one of those sure things where there's too many good wrestlers. The kids are too even. They're too close for there not to be chaos every single year. Mm-hmm. There's going to be chaos every single year. When's the last year we didn't have crazy stuff? And, yeah, the team stuff, okay, that could be that can be a little different. Yeah, that's a little separate. Yeah. But in terms of, man, this weight can get blown up very easily. It, it happens every year, and there's no, there's nothing stopping it from continuing. Yeah, and, and you know, it, you'll see in November, the 1st of December, there will be a few results even that early that change the landscape of the weight. You add a new contender, you drop a kid down a tier, you know? Yeah, yeah the and maybe it's just... I've never had to write like full on NCAA previews before, and before I started working here, I was I was kind of out on college for a while because I was mainly following international stuff. But like, you know, one forty one preview, you look at a guy like like Nate Lemix. Do I think that Nate Lemix is terrible and has no shot of placing? Of course not. But when I look at his career, you know, I'm like, man, you know, some things would need to change, and of course they can, right? Of course, you know, Ursuline and 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 Shop and all those guys can can get him to that to that level. But like that was an example of a guy who I'm like, man, I do not feel comfortable picking this in a in a prediction thing. But it's not like a this guy's a scrub thing. It's just like I, the as Willie said, the data is not there. So yeah, maybe it's just because I haven't had to write these NCAA previews before that I'm thinking this, and then it's not actually any different than what it has been. Well, I don't. I think I think that fans are savvy enough to to recognize that. I mean, if you're talking about situations where like you know Spay picks his top, you know, 125 guys to place and then the four the four um, blood round losers. I think people are, understand it's a, it's at that point it's sort of a coin flipish type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh 165 pound preview is out today. Um who wrote that? Spay wrote Andrew, that one. And that's an Andrew Spay, John. Yeah. Andrew Spencer Spay. And who did he pick to win? Well, you'll have to click to find out. Or I might just spoil it here. Give me a second. Spoil it. Oh, Vincenzo Joseph. How bold. Actually, he does get bold. Because he has Chance second. Mikhail oh, Lewis. Where does he have Mikhail Lewis? Third. Third. It's oh, because he's, he's on his fantasy team. team. He loves, yeah. Well, he's from also New Jersey. he's from Jersey. Too. He's from Jersey. I like Mikhail Lewis, but if he got third as a freshman, I would. I think I would be surprised. If he outplaces Evan Wick... And Marinelli and Massa, that'd be something. He picked JoJo not to police. He did. That's surprising. Well, it's somewhat, but it's like, man, we haven't seen him wrestle in yeah, yeah. a long time. We don't know. It's kind of like a hedge, like you throw his name in there. But I I, I would put him on there. If you're, if you're going to assume he's approximate to the level he was, you got to put him seventh. I mean, ahead of Steyer and Isaiah White is – I agree. That's where I would probably put him. I could see, yeah, Massa, that's going to be a tough guy. Marinelli, for sure. But I think he put him ahead of those dudes. Mm-hmm. He did make him the first round of 12 guy. <laughs> so he's actually ninth. Yeah. If that's what are the other did. round of 12 guys? John Jay, Branson Ashworth, and Connor Flynn. Your boy. My, my man, Connor Flynn. We might have to talk about John Jay after the show. Um, kind of looking ahead at 174, um, 
kind of interesting watching film on guys I didn't realize. I guess because that that group is also really tightly bunched together. There's a lot like uh, McFadden and Daniel Lewis wrestled 2015 CKLV, which I was not aware of. Then they wrestled U23s. Um, looking back at Taylor Lujan's takedown, his boot scoot of Zahid in the CKLV semis, mm-hmm. that was amazing. Really nice. Because, um, like, you know, when I'm, when I'm writing the preview, I'm kind of trying to just – I write a lot of negative things because I'm trying to, like, pick pick things apart because I feel like a lot of people know what people are good at, and I'm trying to be like, okay, what could cause these guys to falter? What 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 could cause these – which I'm sure a lot of people get pissed off about. But, the Illuminati. Yeah. For one. What could cause these guys to falter? What Like, what, what are the holes that – or were there areas for opportunity where if they clean this up, it's like, you know, like like Miles Amin, if 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 his Mac game drastically improves this year, that's terrifying for everyone else. Uh, so, but whose Mac game, like, tremendously improves their junior year? Like, who all of a sudden like gets really good on top? Sure, sure, it's it's unlikely. I'm just saying, like, that is the, that's the area for growth, right? Like, he lost some riding time to. Uh, Mark, he lost on writing time to Jordan Cutler. He got ridden out by Daniel Lewis, and that's why the match, so you're just saying the third get, place match, went to overtime. Right, right, getting away. Got it, got it. Which wrestler or team is most vulnerable to secret societies, in your opinion? Well, def- define vulnerable. Vulnerable. Who could be corrupted, um, influenced by? Because, well, influenced by. I mean, Penn State has a big sugar daddy mm. in Ira. Oh wow! So you're really, you're really drawing, you're really connecting dots here. I'm you just saying. Know, Harvard, does uh, does little, Harvard have a bunch of secret societies the money. like Yale? Yeah, because Yale doesn't have a team anymore. Probably right. the Illuminati shut it down. Mm. Harvard mm-hmm. has a chapter of Skull and Bones. What'd you say? Harvard has a chapter of Skull and Bones. Oh, for sure. Harvard does. Oh, oh my gosh! gosh. Did they get Gabo. They originally started. You know where they originally started? Christian Pyle. Oh no! Where? Virginia. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's like where the country started basically. It's like the first five presidents, I believe, were all from Virginia. Mm-hmm. Great. We've been we've been leading from the front and everything. It President really does go straight to the top. Virginia. I'll tell you how powerful I'll tell you how powerful those secret societies are that started in Virginia. They got Tracy Piles. He didn't even have to go to eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, sincerely, he uh he dodged that because of the Illuminati. All right. Christian, what yo what do you so because we October's high school month, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it just is what it is. What are you most looking forward to the rest of this month um, in high school? Because we're gonna get into opening weekend very soon, like maybe next show or next week. But what, what's some stuff you're looking forward to the rest of this, uh, this month? Well, I I mean to me, yeah, there's some high school stuff, but it's all super thirty two, right? Mm-hmm. That's where. Um, and this looks to be a even by Super 32 standards a loaded Super 32 in terms of the ranked participants. So I will say that. But truly, my heart and mind is focused on the UW World Championships. I'm really fired up for that, um, and it's coming very soon. We're sending in a very nice team over there, and I'm I'm fired up for that. So while it's high school season, it's uh, it's world season for me. Yeah, it's world season. It's world season. Yeah, and we're gonna. Uh, I think Space tackling a lot of those previews and stuff, and, and Bader's got Bader's got some stuff from the last. Well, not the last time he was in Budapest, but last time the the full World Championships were in Budapest because he had the 2016. Yeah. That stuff is that stuff is great. I'm excited to go back and watch the the 2013 Road to Budapest stuff. For sure. So with that, can we bid our friends adieu, Willie? Adieu. Adieu. 
Tyler, our man in the control room, we are ready to depart. Feel free to play the outro music. Can you commit to Thursday? Uh, well, I am verbally committed to Thursday. We will do it. We'll do an Iowa versus Penn State all-star team whiteboard war. Is that a last 10 years or an all-time thing? Last 10 years, I think, okay. is the request. So that's what we're going to do. do Willie, what are we talk about? Who's number one on the show tomorrow? Probably who's number one the event. But, like, do you have new rankings? Checks out. Do you have new rankings coming out, or is it a ranking show, or is it a just talking about who's number one? Well, it's, I don't know. Rankings are coming out, yeah, but we'll probably talk about a lot of the ones and twos flipping. Okay. And journeyman stuff. Journeyman had a great field. Yeah, we gotta get caught up on what what went on there in New York. Journeyman, great high school tournament. There's some um, upsets for sure. For sure. Uh, thank you so much to Asics for your sponsorship of Flow Wrestling Radio Live, but also who's number one? Uh, Shoes look great. Kids loved them. Mm-hmm. Gear mm-hmm. looked good. Looked good stuff. Looked very very good. So yeah, Thursday, we're gonna get it going. We'll be back then. Until then, content-wise, should have a lot of good, a lot more NCAA previews. Mm-hmm. Some more great stuff coming. So, stay woke. Don't know if the song's playing. It's kind of happened last show. I don't know what's happening. I'm out of things to say. If anything happens oh, to me, into- the oh, there it is. Now we're going. Stay woke. Say if- the stuff that you know about. 322. Yes. It goes to Bush and Carrie. There's some, some damning uh, YouTube evidence. I, I'm. That's basically what I'm going to do. Spend. A deep dive tonight. Yeah, I'm going to do a deep dive. Britney Spears, MK Beyonce, the Kardashians. Everyone's involved. Robin Mead. Robin She's Mead. Involved. It all goes straight to the top. Thanks so much, guys. We'll be back Thursday. See you then. Thanks.